Attention, everyone. So I know there has been a few conversations about Drew's wig, like it wasn't tacked down, the lace wasn't plucked and stuff. But now I'm looking okay, back. Okay, don't be shady in your no. apology. Wait, did you just say wig? Yes. I know. Wait, I feel that already. Hey girl, you're listening to My Wig, the show where two gays talk about the things that turn their hairlines into wear lines. I'm Isaac. And I'm Adriana. I hope you're not too attached to that wig, hunty. Because she's about to get snatched. Or is she? Like, honestly, there, I'll be honest, there are days where I'm very excited to record this podcast because I can't wait to talk about what we just watched. And then there are days like today where I'm like, I have to fucking do a recap of that episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star 6. Really? I will say this was very much a middle to end episode of the season that we usually get with Drag Race All-Stars where it's like the acting challenge that doesn't go over that well. However, I will, I mean, I will provide a caveat that this episode was spoiled for me and I went into it with a lot higher of an expectation. So when it happened, I was just like, oh, mm. well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Um, but, Before we talk about it, let's introduce this week's special guest. Yes, joining us all the way from Queens. Uh, we weren't able to fly her out, so we had to get um, her. We had to get like a Zoom call going for her. But please uh, put your hands together in your own apartments for the lovely Sissy Walken. Oh, hi, everybody. I'm so pissed that LaGuardia won't fly me a helicopter from there to Midtown, but. Regardless, I'm happy to be here and very uh, in the mood to talk about this episode in this season. Girl, I tried, time, I, tried what you a, I tried to get you a blimp. We're going to fly you out Hindenburg style. No, baby. No, baby. If I'm going to blow up in the sky, at least let me, like, advertise it first. <laughs> I, I was going to say, wait a minute. Hold on one second. Midtown. Ma'am, what do you think our budget is? I don't know, man. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Well, Sissy, before we start this episode, um, who are you rooting for going into this season? I'm very, I like, am so happy that Trinity K. Bonet made this season. Um, I met her at DragCon a few years ago when she used to have, like, just a table. They didn't even put, like, a backdrop for her or anything. Like, she was sitting there, like, right after All Stars 3 was announced and like Trixie was running around and shit like she was so cute um, and Trinity just seemed like kind of upset that she didn't make that list and I told her I said girl one day I want to see you on there so bad and she goes me too baby so I've been Trinity K Stan for a long time and she toured out the park with her Beyonce and Beyonce hangs over my bed so I you know I damn she did it she's doing it this season and I'm also loving Kylie because, like, I love the whole, like, it's been 11 years and, you know, I'm back, girl. I love that storyline. Well, realistically, um, those are awesome contestants. But I will say Isaac and somewhat me at this point are very Team Raja O'Hara. So Trinity's lovely, but Raja is going to uh, kill her. Anyway, um, <laughs> I love, no. no, I love Raja and she's having an amazing season and I'm so happy that she's doing well, especially because she makes for the best, I call them the classic cams, you know, like, cause I think of the episode on the Simpsons when they went on a reality TV show and they had to film the, 
you know, their intimate confessionals, but they did it in a closet, so I always call it a closet cam. But oh. I think I think Raja's closet cams are absolutely the best. She's for level of closet cam yeah, work. She really Who knows the commentary. Oh, I your sound cut out a little bit and I was like, did you just say that? <laughs> <laughs> People of color commentary. No, this is not a show at the old Roscoe Chicago. No, 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 baby. This is my. Uh oh. Uh oh. Somebody hear a dinosaur? Don't cut that out. No, girl. Dinosaurs are dead. (laughs) Extinct. (laughs) Or you could say canceled. (laughs) All right. So let's get into it. So last week, um, in episode five, Ginger Minj uh, won the challenge, even though she wasn't in the winning group, and uh, lip synced against Mayhem Miller and sent Scarlet Envy home after she won the lip sync and thirty thousand uh, dollars. So back in the workroom this week, the girls open up the box of lipsticks and count them out, and it's four for Scarlet and four for Jan. It was a tie vote, and I have never been so tickled, never been so tickled in my life. Oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> what? What? Well, I don't know, president of the Jan fan club over there. Why? Why? <laughs> Listen, we're being very unbiased when we say that... Adrian no, being excited that Jan's plucked? I can't believe it. I can't. <laughs> okay, guys. Guys, realistically, I don't think Scarlett should have gone home this episode. And I think that it's... Like, I'm more tickled at the fact that it's like, what would have happened if Mayhem won? What See, would have I happened if New York picked Kylie? I could disagree. I think RuPaul's critiques were spot on. It is uncomfortable when she's constantly putting on this performance. Like, she's not genuine. And I feel like girl needs to go to therapy because she's, like, missing, like, the key to her heart. You know? Like, she's got to figure herself out. Well, I, think, I think RuPaul was on it. Well, I mean, the main thing that I'm tickled by is also just that, like, what if Ginger picked Kylie, and then it's just like, oh, there was a tie, but it, it didn't involve her. Send them all Imagine home. if two of them were both there. Imagine they if both should, of them were in the room. You know what? Like, they should have sent them both home. They should have sent them all home, and then we could have skipped this episode's challenge. I'll tell you what, if, Kylie, if Ginger had sent Kylie home, they would have sent Ginger home this episode, because the girls would not have had it. No, no, no. Not at all. Not Trinity, not Raja, not Akira. They were all Team Kylie. Even Eureka was like, girl, I'll save you. Like, no, no, no. They were, Ginger would have been the Manila if that happened. Mm. So Jen is obviously plucked to an extreme. She's 110% plucked that uh, <laughs> she got four uh, votes. She said she was expecting maybe one or two votes. Do you think that she's being delusional in expecting one or two or should she have yes. expected all of them mm-hmm. yes <laughs> yeah what what <laughs> no, i just love it because when i think all of them i'm like oh it should have been a unanimous vote for jan too but uh yeah. i don't know I, hmm. I think adriana's uh post on facebook summed it up just right jan is good for, what jan is good for the meme content and nothing else Oh yeah, where I was just like, uh, when he tells me what his favorite Beyonce album is, I, I wasn't expecting four. I'm gagged. <laughs> I was not expecting to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Adjust her um, suspenders. <laughs> Alrighty, so... So Jan, so Jan is plucked, and she's wanting to know why she got so many votes. Um, and basically, the, the reasoning ranges from, I didn't want to vote for somebody that I worked with, to, uh, you got the worst critiques. 
and should have left based on like what was said on the runway. To you're annoying, aka what Eureka said. And Jan's and like, I feel like I was Eureka. You remember Eureka season nine? Oh my god, talk about annoying. Jan came in here and she's like, "Bitch, watch." I mean, pot calling the kettle annoying. So, <laughs> if anybody's got, if, if anybody knows what annoying is, it's Eureka. I think she's mellowed out over time, though, and I think that's part of like the humility she's had to demonstrate is like, I made an HBO check while you bitches are over here. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she, she had a big she she glowed up and she growed up. Let's say that. Let's say that. Um. And then Kylie's like, well, I just want to jump in and say thank you for nobody for voting for me. And Ginger's like, well, bitch, I almost did. Like, Ginger. Why would you tell her that? Why would you tell her that? And Ginger's saying that she thought that Kylie was the weakest link. Firmly disagree with that. I firmly disagree with that because I could read through the camera Kylie's love for Raja in that intimate moment. Mm-hmm. And it really, I'm sorry, I but wait a minute. as the weak one in that group. I'm sorry, but wait a minute. So Ginger was the said that Kylie was the weakest link, but she said that Scarlett was the only choice that she could vote for and sleep well at night knowing that she chose that person. What? Yes. Because if she, well, she wouldn't have slept well at night if she had sent Kylie home because then Kylie would have come and smothered her to death with her breasts. So I was going to say, only one like, Ginger is kind of playing the game by saying that, and I think the game that she's playing is a mind game with, but like trying to be nice about it, and it's just it's so fake. So fake. Listen, Ginger Ginger knows how to make good TV. She knew how to do it in season seven, and she knows how to do it now. She is very much playing the game, and I think she's doing a good job at producing. Speaking of producing, um, the girls come into the workroom the next day, and we see Scarlett's uh, goodbye message, and it's bubbles pop, keep blowing or whatever, never stop blowing or something like that. And Raja goes, her the show in her dream was her bubble and y'all popped it <laughs> girl her bubble popped severely and yours don't so um anyway so the girls i don't believe there's a I was just okay. going to pose the question of does scarlet actually like what is scarlet's future after this like what what do, what does she do? You know what I mean? We've seen the queens go become supermodels. We've seen the queens become, you know, Nick Jr. stars like Nina West. But the, I don't know what path she's going to blaze because I don't feel like she, like, shows her talent in a way that makes me think, oh, this would be a really cool thing, a show of hers to see. You know what I mean? I'm like, what is your show, girl? <laughs> I don't know. I hope, I hope she's figured it out because right now she is like the robbed all-stars queen. And that's a lot of momentum you can capitalize on. So I hope that she, like, is ready with something. I don't know what now, that something is either, but... I bet she's in a yet too, because those looks were gorgeous. I, I will say something about the way that she paints and, like, seeing several makeup tutorials from her really makes me think that, like, she wants to take her artistry more into, like, makeup and that industry and sort of, like, how, like, Miss Fame did it. So... I would love to see Scarlett sort of like tackle the beauty industry. That'd be fun. Anyway. Anyway, good luck, girl. Yeah, good luck. Uh, hopefully block your entire brow. Um, so I don't think we get a Rue message. I don't, we don't, right? 
RuPaul uh, just comes in at this point and just he, says, "He just oh, walks right in, and it is uh, Clyde Epstein Parker, I believe." Yeah, gotta get the promo in, baby. That's mm-hmm. promo code Ru. And no um, mini challenge again. I guess we're just done with mini challenges. Yeah. Anyway, they announced that this uh, week the girls are going to be starring in uh, Rumerican Horror Story, Coven Girl. Now, okay. Did anyone else hear a very strong T when he was saying the word coven and thought it was like covenant? And I was like, does RuPaul just not know what the word, or convent? Does RuPaul not know what the word coven is? I, uh, I don't, I don't remember hearing. I'll take your word for it. Well, no, like he said it with such conviction that I had to look it up afterwards and be like, have I been saying it wrong? I, I didn't understand it either. The pronunciation was weird. I'm like, oh, okay, Rue, this is odd. A foreshadowing for what this entire challenge would be. <laughs> so, so basically, uh, this is, the sh- it's, it's, uh, it's saluting. I was a little confused with what it was supposed to be at first. It sounds like, it, it seemed like it was like celebrating some of the best actresses that have been on American Horror Story, right? Yeah, it sounds more, it, it seems like it was just a, like a love letter, and I use that term very loosely, to all of Ryan Murphy's works. Yes. Because it had it had characters from a bunch of his uh, shows from the popular seasons, and they even threw like stuff in like with Pose and stuff with um like Green like Queen. um feud and and scream well glee as well. And it's just like, oh, okay, so that's where we're taking this. Um it was uh, they just chose the the season where it was all uh women led and it was set in New Orleans as, like, the backdrop, because that's also where, like, the iconic Jessica Lang... Lang? 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 Yeah. I've never Lang. said her name out... Lang. I've never said... I've never said her last name out loud, but Jessica Lang, um... Like, that's, like, like when everyone think When you hear that name, a lot of people initially, at least for me, go towards that season of American Horror Story where she was the Supreme. Yeah, yeah, that's. I think that's the the season that people think about when they think American Horror Story. Yeah, that's I what it really blew up. That's what it really blew up. On American Horror Story, I loved her on that first season. Uh, uh, you are. You will never be a pretty girl, Addie. You will never be a pretty girl. <laughs> well, yes, but also at the same time, like season three started that that weird cultural movement of everyone suddenly wearing wide brim black hats and and long flowy black skirts when they're going to like McDonald's at 2 p.m. on uh, Wednesday. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing here? Did, did that do that or did, did, did that give permission to Brooklyn or did Brooklyn give permission to Coven? Which is, which is the order? <laughs> that's T. That's T. They still go to McDonald's even though you shouldn't have crossed the picket line because they don't pay their workers $15 an hour. So just saying, don't go to McDonald's, go to Wendy's. American yeah. Horror Story, capitalism. <laughs> anyway, it is, it so, is. So, hey, can I say one thing so, I've noticed, and I, yeah, and I just yeah, want to say this, because yes. hopefully this, this point will come across throughout as we talk about this. I feel like they have taken this moment to kind of throw shade at Ryan Murphy wherever they can. There's moments where I feel like, oh yeah, this is deliberately bad because Ryan Murphy does this bad. You know, I think there's- Yes. I feel like that's part of what happened here, especially when we get to it at the end of the movie. Like it very much feels mm-hmm. like if you're, it very much feels like they're poking fun at his style of work, which is unfinished. 
Well, there's a reason why he wasn't the, the guest judge. So um, the girls um, have to decide their own parts. And Ginger once again loses in rock, paper, scissors for the role that she really wanted. Yeah, it turns out the game within a game is just rock, paper, scissors, and Ginger sucks at it. Yep. Uh, um, and, oh, sorry, what? No, I just, ha, like laugh. Ha, get it? It's oh, God. Funny. Because <laughs> mm. I'm well, funny. I mean, you hear that? <laughs> so what what role would you want in this sort of lineup of roles we'll go into like the 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 challenge itself but like on paper like just reading out these roles what just jumps out at you i would have taken jessica lang of course oh no i would have gone for the bearded queen yeah you had done better yeah. too yeah we know you would have done that but i would have gone for jessica lang well, i could have also seen myself going for the francis uh Francis role. Yes. Uh, is it Francis? Not Francis McDormand. It's Francis. No, no, no. Uh, see, what's the C? Connolly? Connery? Uh, Conrad? Nah. I don't remember. Balenciaga. Um, yeah. Oh. yeah. I mean, that, oh. part, that part's amazing because of how they had it double at the end. Like, and I love a good celebrity hack, so I'd been on it. But um, I, I can. Well, also, that one was. That, that one is like a. a that, like, the bearded lady is a chance for you to just be stupid. And that's what they want in these acting challenges. Exactly. Like, those are the characters that win. Those are the characters who ultimately made it to the top, I think. People who took that, took that with, you know, uh, force. They were like, yeah, I got to be as big and stupid as possible. That's how they succeeded in this challenge. Yeah. I don't understand how right. girls haven't learned that by this point. This is season six of All Stars. There have been 19 seasons of Drag Race in total. How do you not know that when you get to an acting challenge that's the soap opera, that's the the opera one, or the Shakespeare one, remember they did that on seasons, what was that, nine? Um, seven. That was seven. Um, it's like, how do you not know that you're supposed to overact? That's, you know, I th immediately think of when Bob took over that scene in her season, right? Like. Showboating is the point of it. I think a lot of girls think that they're doing the most when they're really not doing anything. Like they're mm -hmm. like, "Oh, I am serving it right now. I am so, like, I'm so on." When they, it's just they've never done it before, and they what they yeah. think is a ten is actually a two. That's true. Yeah, which is what we get with uh, Kylie later on. Now, okay, so uh, another thing that happens is that the girls, for once, get. Uh, she don't know mail, and <laughs> it's Angela Bassett. <sighs> Yay, moment, Angela Bassett! A moment of silence for the beauty that is Angela Bassett. <sighs> anyway, so no, <laughs> no, I actually, I think that like the advice that she gave was actually really great. Um, I love that everyone like really appreciated talking to her and it felt like it was a lot more helpful than when like Scarlett Johansson was on and they had to just say like oh yeah be yourself like it was like yeah. no it, it was really great see it was really great seeing a um a second black actress after Scarlett Johansson um oh my god right girls <laughs> oh my god I actually think it's actually uh, really great that Drag Race is finally getting like guest judges and like people to appear that the queens actually get excited about instead of like having mm -hmm. to find the one queen who knows who the judge is and the rest of the girls are like, yay, you know what I mean? To get the close up on her because mm -hmm. early seasons, they'd say the judge's name, they'd be like, what? So now it's like, 
now it's like, oh, good. Thank you, Viacom, for this money, honey. Mm-hmm. It's like, what was the, who was the comedian on season three where they had Yara Sophia going, oh my God, I love, and then there was like the, the, the comedian that was like critiquing their stand-up routine. It's like, I love her. She's so amazing. It's like, Yara. You don't know who she okay. is. Yeah. I don't even remember. And that speaks to the caliber of that comedian. Um, so as they start preparing for their parts, um, Akiria gives Kylie some advice. Since Kylie wins the rock, paper, scissors off and gets the Jessica Lane character and just says to uh, use what you already know and bring that to the role because it will translate with confidence. And then Angela Bassett kind of echoes that when she's talking to them, saying, like, find the things that um, about the person that you can recognize and use that to create their character. So somebody like has a certain way of talking or has like a certain like thing that they do with their body while they're talking. Uh, well, well, only if, use it. only if Michelle Massage wants you to do that, uh, Raja. Uh, right. <laughs> that was so frustrating. I understand Raja in that moment. Uh, yes. I feel that completely. And I don't understand why they had such a problem with it. <laughs> yeah. So we get to the main stage uh, to film the challenge. And it's, again, just a lot. Not a lot is happening, but a lot is happening in one room, and it's it's like I miss the days of like actual scenes in Drag Race acting challenges. Like I think back to like when it was like the season six horror movie, and it was like only two people on set at once, and it wasn't just like this like everyone stand in a in a semicircle and just speak lines into the camera, you know. I mean, I I think that a good 80% of why this challenge ended up sucking so bad was that they didn't hire writers for it. And it was clearly just a bunch of producers trying to think of as many Ryan Murphy jokes as they could and, and trying to piecemeal them drag, together. Taking Drag Race famous quote lines and throwing that in there too, like the chinny chin chin and the bullshit. Like, it's like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like just recycling, you know, what these girls said on season six, you know, like fuck. So apparently they must have used Ryan Murphy's writers. Anyway, um, so <laughs> so we get this. There's a couple of things that jump out. One, they say, Akiria, you're not at like a 10. You're not popping. Like there's like a couple of like stumbled moments and you see Akiria really like drilling the lines into her head. She's like, no, you're going to land this plane. You are going to do this. You are going to sell this house, which is very ominous foreshadowing. And then we also get, from, I guess, the two-headed twins that were from um, uh, Freak Show, not Coven, um, that's Raja and Trinity. Trinity gets perfectly fine remarks. She's almost channel- channeling Angela Bassett as the voodoo queen. But that's then... my thought. I was like, girl, you have the wrong part. Yeah. 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 And then, um, but Raja gets told that her voice is... She's doing a voice affectation and not a lisp, which is what the character, uh, the script calls for. And she just doesn't really grasp that, like, it's like those aren't the same things, I guess. I don't know. I, I liked Raja's character choices. She made choices and she stuck with it and she rehearsed it with those choices. So when they told her this isn't working, she had a hard time pivoting, which is something that I feel like anyone can relate to. Michelle and Ross are just not good directors. Like, a good director would say, like, I like the high-pitched voice, but can we add a lisp to it? They are just like, what's this high-pitched voice thing? You're not doing a lisp. What is this? Fix it. And, like, that's not 
like productive and that's not going to push someone towards success. And I think it like Raja handled it really well in terms of not letting it like mess her up. But you know, part yeah. of me wishes that the 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 directors quote you know guiding them through this their scenes and giving them notes was they had like a moment during a read-through where someone could have told her hey raja go through your script and every time you see the letter s by itself change it to th and practice your lines saying that because it would have given her the consistent lisp and then they may not have come for her high pitch because her lisp would have been on point and then the higher pitch would have been intentionally well it would have been recognized as intentional and what i think happened is since the lisp was missing a couple of the marks they were just they thought her skill was off which it was so had we had the preparation of of some vps work some basic voice and speech you know, on set, and I don't understand if you can hire all these, you know, fabulous LA and New York people to come out and, and record your music, why don't you have someone on, on set to like help these girls? Like just know what a because, link is. It's well, the reason why is because they need people to fail. Yeah, no, but, yes. but there were other people who I think failed whatever i don't know i think i think trinity disappointed me because she didn't go for the role and didn't see herself in that very clear role for her right like jan was very much written for her and that voodoo queen was very much written for trinity you know mm-hmm. and and even when she didn't get the role that she wanted which how the fuck was she gonna play myrtle like you know uh she then got into salty, quiet mode that very much felt like that voodoo queen character who's supposed to be dry and not doing much, you know? And I was like, God, how do you not see this for yourself? How does Angela Bassett not come on the screen and you realize, oh shit, that should have been my part, you know? Where was Exactly, you? exactly. And yeah. I feel like they were throwing bones at Trinity this episode to like give her another win. Then I, mm-hmm. then I think she missed it. She could have been in the top had she been that voodoo queen. Oops. Well, anyway, I think that there's, I think that there's a, like a lot of, I think there was confusion this episode and I don't, this episode, I don't think knew what it wanted to be. So we got the result that we got. But Um, the girls who, the girls who succeeded were the girls who knew who they are, right? Like when the, when the producers can't figure out who the fuck they are, you better know who you are because they're going to need something to work with. So you better give it to them. Yeah. So speaking of giving it to Ginger and Jan do pretty well yep. in the roles that they choose. Jan is written, Jan's is written for her. Ginger's is not. But they both yeah. are very successful in them. Eureka um, has some weird energy, apparently. I didn't have a huge problem with anything that sh- she did. Um, yeah, she was schmacting. It was fun. Right. And um, the biggest thing that we get from the rehearsal is... Uh, not rehearsal, but like their the challenge itself is Kylie struggling to like get where she needs to with this character. She's not understanding how the lines are supposed to be read. And yeah. it gets to a point where Michelle actually gets up, performs the lines for Kylie, and then is like, do it like that. And it's it's like a it's like an uh oh kind of moment. Cause when Michelle yeah. actually decides to direct, it's a problem. Well, here's the other thing. This was very selective editing because they had a good, this is only like for five seconds of this scene. And then the rest of the, of this, of this challenge, this episode, whatever it was, um, 
had completely different energy, completely different dialogue that Kylie actually seemed to nail. I will give her her, her flowers on that. But yeah, this was definitely like pulling teeth and it was like a ooh, I, I think you're right though. It's in the way that they edited it because that whole thing happened like right at the end before commercial and it sets you up in the suspense. Like, did she get it? And it's like, yeah, but there's another, you know, that was the halfway point of the video <laughs> of the movie. That was the quarterway point of the video. It's literally the inciting action of that plot where Jessica Lane comes in and she says, I'm dying and I got to figure out which one you've which is going to be the next one. Uh, you know, like that's, it, it is the inciting action. They treated it like it was the end with a whole cat on a hot tin roof. And I was like, that's the end of that play, but okay. All right. Whatever. Right. You know, I'm going to be honest. I think this was a missed opportunity for RuPaul to be just Lang in a cameo and be like, I'm dying. One of you is going to have to take over. Oh, and so wow. Oh, that'd have been fun. And then well, Sonique would, would, have, character. would mean that Ru would have to admit that she's going to die someday. Well, no, like it would like it like RuPaul could have had a lot more fun doing that and being like the wicked supreme that we all kind of like low key think she is, and that I I didn't say that World of Wonder don't kill me, and then um, <laughs> she is and then like supreme. she is the head bitch of the game. There's no other drag yeah. queen who has the, like the stance that she does. She sits on a platform yeah. of one. And RuPaul and I, would absolutely try to kill someone that he thought was coming for the throne. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You know, who has seen? Um, never mind. Who? Never mind. Well, well, it would have been also funny if, like, I know because she was judging and like kind of directing. It would have been funny if Michelle was also that robot cyborg lady for, that Kathy Bates played in uh, Apocalypse. <laughs> uh, I can see it. Yeah. Or maybe Ross Matthews with a different haircut. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So on the main stage, or I'm sorry, the next day before the main stage, Kylie and Roger are both feeling insecure about their performances. And they both like tell each other, like, let's not get into our heads. I think Roger's a bit more successful at it than Kylie, because Kylie's doing like the producer, like, well, don't get into your head. Don't get into your head. And Roger's like, I'm not. Bitch, I'm not. Not again. Yeah. This Roger, is season 11. Roger very clearly worked on herself, and in this moment was a true test of it. Because I was getting flashbacks to the episode she got eliminated in, where I was like, she was in the bottom, and she got to herself. It was just like, no. I remember she got, like, defensive. And now you see her, like, check herself before she gets to that point. So that's Roger mm -hmm. going to therapy. Hello, everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also get this really obvious producer telling Kylie to ask a question. Has anybody done any like satanic stuff or like psychics, uh, ghost stuff? Anyone? Well, does anybody anybody have experience at funeral homes? Yeah. And the girls are like, yeah, what? Right? Funeral homes. Why would they be talking about funeral homes? Well, apparently Akira is obsessed. Mm, yeah, we got apparently Akira wants to own one. Honestly, that was very weird. But like, okay, I kind of, I kind of would live. For a drag queen funeral, like <laughs> like you say, painted. I'm kind of right that some of the architecture of funeral homes is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but like low key, I like if I if I die, part of me kind of wonders what if I got buried in drag. I'm getting buried in again. <laughs> I didn't smell. It's just like like I mean like gravity is not in the equation on this, and so you could you could do whatever you want. I'm, I'm just imagining walking up to your coffin and then just like 
napping and saying like, yes, while sobbing uncontrollably. <laughs> I just, I don't Work know. Who have, like, who's going to do my makeup when I die? You know, Oof, I get nervous about that. I hear that story of Whitney's makeup and I'm like, God, I do not want someone to have to do my face. And then I don't even know what it's going to look like. And everyone's going to be so sad and see the last me for the last time. And then someone didn't fucking blend, you know, like where it was just a cringe. <laughs> like I'm nervous and I can't trust my mom to hire that person. Well, it'll be, it'll be like a, clo- a partially closed casket where it's like, it's casting a shadow. So that way the makeup, you don't really see in the direct light. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, what it'll actually be is you'll be face down, but then you'll be wearing a white dress, and then we'll just get Eureka's projector and then just project your face onto your gown. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> the, th- the thought of a face down open casket is like, there's her hair. It's like, oh. Okay. <laughs> thought I was going to open the other end. But she okay. as she lives, face down, ass up. <laughs> so. Uh, there's also this weird love scene thing between Eureka and Trinity. And Eureka's like really, really letting us know that she gets, she gets a lot of dick. Mm-hmm. Like she really wants us to know. Uh-huh. She's and doing a lot Trinity of is, And Trinity is like, I'm, we, this is a joke obviously, but it's like Trinity's really like, oh yeah, like I'm in. Like It's like, it's like when uh, Nina made out with Silky on uh, season 11. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just sad that this is what people think we want to see. Like, I don't need to see, like, I'm not watching to see, like, workroom romance at all. No, I'm here to see workroom tension. I want to see you girls talking about someone else from across the room, and then she snaps and says, I hear my name. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm missing that. I'm missing that from this season. I get that the girls like each other, whatever, but the only girl they don't like is the one girl who won't talk back, and that's Jan. So. Yep. Yikes. Uh, um, what? <laughs> it's Nothing. E. Um, so on the main stage this week, uh, it's RuPaul Ru- comes out wearing a basic-ass third number fringe dress with I love the return of the headband but I was like this is some sequin fringe that you just sewed onto a leotard I I loved it because she showed her legs and the second I what? saw I, the second I saw it, I was like well the sweatpants are just gonna slide right on up aren't they oh I the same thing same thing I was like I'm gonna take off the bottom half of this one right RuPaul really cracked the code this season. She's like, oh, I don't even have to wear gowns. I can just come out in something on the top and leave the legs open because people love my legs and then I can put my sweatpants right on. It just confuses me and maybe this might be the thing that Adriana cuts out, but I don't understand. RuPaul's ego is so big. I can't imagine her dick's huge. You know, like one doesn't make the other. So I just don't know why she needs to untuck so quickly, you know? <laughs> Grow If you could see my face, if you could see my face. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. RuPaul has a small penis. She I'm, has a micro dick. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm questioning the discomfort, you know? Or maybe, I don't know. I don't know. There's something. You're questioning. I have You're questioning the questions. Uh, yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have a bullet in my head today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the Shaquita doesn't get you. Like... RuPaul will get you. Girl, Shaquita got RuPaul. No, RuPaul got Shaquita first. Ooh. Anyway, 
So uh, joining the regular crew is guest judge Emma Roberts, who did not look like she wanted to be there. She was very visibly pregnant. Oh, yeah, she was. She gives like a obviously producer fed line to Rue and Rue laughs about it. And then like, that's pretty much all we hear from her this episode. Yeah, she's... She's very nice. She does give some critiques to Ginger, but I don't remember her critiques to anybody else. She gave very nice, nice. I loved your performance. I love the direction you took it. You were great. Mm -hmm. It's so weird. How do you, how do you as the guest judge judge that show? Because you've seen, and I think it was like season three or four where there was that one guest judge who came on who like ripped the girls apart and she was a nobody and Michelle clearly was not having it. And so then the model for all these other people is like, you're not actually supposed to critique. I don't get it. You know, like, like 13 with Lonnie Love. Lonnie, no, but Lonnie and uh, Nicole Byer and uh, um, who else do they have on 13 that repeated? Jamal? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, him and Tajik are on the other side of it. But, like, they, you know, they get to critique because they see the girls, but all these other guest judges are always like, oh, you're amazing, you're beautiful, unless they're old and they're like, I don't give a fuck, I'm gonna tell you. Oh, or unless they're Aubrey O'Day in season five with a perfume where she was just like, this smells like grandma. Oh, that's exactly what I was thinking about. (laughs) You know what's funny? Michelle hated her and she never came back. Mm-hmm. See, no, actually, I was thinking in season five of who the um, episode two where she told Detox, you kind of give me that been there, done that energy. And she yelled at Santino for uh, the Roxy Andrews fringe dress comment that he made. Mm-hmm. Where he called her Chewbacca. Girl, I don't remember who that, that was. That fringe dress that she made on season five. It was the one who fell out of the window in Sex in the City. I didn't watch that show. I don't. I don't feel for those women. Yeah. that was a very pregnant pause. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back to pregnant Emma Roberts. Um, so, this week's runway category is "Oh My Goth," um, and I was generally pleased with what we saw. Not thrilled. No, just generally pleased. No, I thought it got worse. I can't wait to talk about this. I actually, ha- I have a lot of feelings about this runway. So. I used to hang out with the goth girls in high school. Me too. So I know, I know what goth is and isn't because that's all I would fucking talk about. Um, so I was able to look at this and be like, yes, no, a lot better than I would be other categories. So let's get into it. Starting off with Ginger Minge. Um. <laughs> Again, again with oh, the pregnant pauses. Yeah, I know, but again, <laughs> but again with these, like, and I understand. Her, I mean, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but I heard that she only she got called last, and so she had the least amount of time to get her stuff together um, out of everyone on in this season. Um, so I feel like that kind of shows like some of the finesse of some of these looks just doesn't get all the way there. And for me, this was one of them. I just felt like there were the materials kind of washed out her body. And the only thing I remember seeing is the doll she was holding in her hands and the rest of the dress kind of was a wash. Um, there was no, it was, it was, variation. Yeah. there was no silhouette variation. So I didn't think about the dress. I thought about the concept, but I lo- was lost with the look. And the hair was very much the Adele look, the, the Adele hair she wore season, season seven snatch game. So 
It was I it, to me the entire outfit is just like it's just a funeral outfit or like a ghost girl outfit. Like it's just like it's a dress. Where like, it's generic. I have I I haven't liked Ginger's looks this season, but what I've really hated is her shoe choices. Like the little clunky Oh, I'm looking at like, I'm Googling. I wanna see. I didn't even look at her shoes. They like the way where the dress hits, um, and then there's like this gap where it's leg, but you can't tell like what part of the leg it is. Like, is it like right up, right below the knee? Is it like mid uh, calf? And then the boots just make it look even harder to figure out what. Like her proportions are just so strange. Like how she how she shows them. Um, so I spent more time trying to figure out what the heck is going on with her body. Than I did actually looking at the outfit itself. And then when I finally look at it, it's just like fine. And I feel like that's been pretty, uh, like, that's been the story of Ginger Minj this season in terms of dressing. And like, even if, like, Ginger's taste level has never like been there for me. Even if she had had more time to prepare, I think it would have just resulted in like the same clothes maybe being folded a bit nicer in her suitcase. I think mm-hmm. she would have worn the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. You're, mm, yeah, you're not wrong. I think I think a lot of it now is when designers are making your everything, and you have to come in with like what twenty plus looks to assume you go to the end. You know, like it's it's hard to have an eye on everything and to be really intent on all your your choices. But on the other hand, it's kind of my critique of Candy, where I feel like the the communication of what you expect and how you think you're going to get there don't line up. Yeah. <sighs> I'm I'm hoping that she has some better stuff to say for the end of the season because so far I have not been impressed. I will say I this is a comment on a few former episode you two critiqued. When she came out in that purple dress, the uh, the Gone with the Wind, I thought it was a gorgeous dress, but it wasn't the runway. It wasn't the category. But it was a probably the prettiest she looked, the best dress but it didn't fit the runway. So it's interesting, right? When it's oh. the concept, uh, the mm-hmm. outfit sucks. But when she makes a good outfit, it doesn't fit the concept. Yeah. Well, I think that's pretty par for the course with Ginger. Um, who's up <laughs> also, next? are voodoo oh. dolls gothic? No. They're, they're, uh, no. voodoo dolls are voodoo. They're, they're tribal. They're, and you, they're not white people. Exactly. They're not white people. So I was trying to figure out why she had that damn doll. I don't know. She could have been, it could have been more Wednesday Adams if she put some braids on her hair. You know what I mean? That would have, you know, Wednesday, because Wednesday had voodoo dolls. But to me, I'm just like, whatever, girl. This is a swing and a miss. Yeah, this is like Saturday morning after a rough Friday night, Adams, not Wednesday Adams. Uh, Moving on to Eureka O'Hara. Who's going for like Bride of Frankenstein, like on her way uh, to or from the bedroom? Um, no, <laughs> no, I hated this. I hated this. I hated this. I hated this. It, it was. It it seems more Marie Antoinette than Bride of Frankenstein. If I'm being honest, I, think- and I was like, what does that have anything to do with goth? No, that that's Bride of Frankenstein hair. It is. It's just a weird. I don't know but why she picked that it as Marge Simpson, and Marge does not have a bang on it. So I just again, where's the concept? Where's the ins- like? 
Why are you going Marge Simpson for goth? And if you're going Marge Simpson for goth, I know the exact thing that Marge wore in the Halloween episode, and that's not it. So what? That doesn't make sense. For me, it was also just the makeup. She had that that uh, French that like French uh, sort of like the little like dot of blush that like almost read a little bit mime ish. Mm. Like I I don't. This was a hard miss for me. This is a swing and a miss. This that it was just. Uh, she also did a ginger shrug on the runway, Sissy. I don't know if you've noticed, but whenever Ginger wears something that's like obviously not great, she does like this "oh well" kind of shrug. And I'm Eureka here. did one of those. Yeah, she did. She did. I yeah. Mm-hmm. She like points at her outfit. She's like, "Well, here it is." And then she like does a little spin with her arms out, like, "Yep, I'm gonna go now." <laughs> I think this is the least impressive thing she's worn since season ten when she wore that sequin bodysuit for the best drag runway that she yeah. looks like in. I've actually generally liked what Eureka's worn uh, this season. This is just not, this was a miss for me. Yeah, except for the frilly chaps. <laughs> yes, yes, don't remind me. I said generally, I didn't say all of them. Generally. Well, uh, up next is just is... It safe, but I feel like this was, this was below safe to me. This whole night of Eureka was very below safe, and I'm not quite sure why she didn't get checked, but... Uh... Yeah. I bet you someone famous made that gown and that's why they didn't read it. Like, you know what I mean? Did someone, someone. Very possible. Like, I think they're also afraid to read the big girl fashions because they're afraid of people being like, how dare you? She's overweight or like she's heavier. Yeah, but like, come on. Like, ugh, damn. I mean, whatever. That's stupid. That's stupid because just. No, you're stupid. I am stupid, but we've seen queens, uh, plus size queens come out and turn it on that fucking runway from time to time. Like, I think of Latrice's gowns, right? Like, you know, where the body is absolutely perfect and the hem is perfect and Alexis Mateo got her padding all the fuck together, you know, in, in her second All-Stars and like, I don't get it. Alexis Michelle with some of her gowns. Yeah, I mean. Oh, Alexis Michelle's promo. Like, I will never forget that promo. That promo was sickening. I really thought she made it to the end with that promo. I was like, okay, she got the money. Yeah. But it was a Tina Burner situation because Tina's promo was great too. Yeah. And then then it went full, it went up in flames, literally. Tina stuck it. I don't know. Wait, oh, T- wait, never mind. I actually disagree. Tina's Tina's promo with all those those but those what is it? The the little holes in it, like I don't know. The X's. Oh yes, absolutely. Speaking of little holes. Mm. <laughs> was up next? Trinity. <laughs> oh, uh, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh. <laughs> this was my favorite. This is my favorite. I was like, wow, this is this is amazing. I want to see that close up. Ugh. I, while I like this, I don't know if it, like, goth to me isn't about, like, over-embellishment. Um, it's not about, like, doing the most. And I get that it has to be, like, the drag version of goth, so I wasn't mad at this. But it read more to me, like, like a like a birds of a feather runway rather than a goth runway if that makes sense i wasn't mad at it and i thought it was beautiful i just didn't know how gothy it was just because it's black doesn't mean it's goth yeah that was the that was how i felt about this i'm really surprised she didn't do like a black morticia adams you know with just like a 
with hair going all the way down to the floor with a dress that kind of just like that that like does like the train movement and like like nobody went really fun with this everyone just wore black i did appreciate that she uh had um stone's tights so we got a little bit of sparkle yeah i didn't i thought this was kind of i thought this was kind of just a boring like this runway was boring this runway was boring unimaginative not everyone really thought outside the box with it and no and nobody really dressed gothic i think a couple people did we'll get to them now but well let's get to them i hold this is one of the top looks of the night for Trinity, though, the no. one thing I wish well, I just think her makeup was a little off that evening. I don't know what it was. I felt like her face has been beat better, and it was the eyes. There's something about the eyes and the way that the black blended and the white that she put under her eyes. It just seemed a little odd, but the dress was and something. Cool. On, yeah, and something on the forehead, too. I couldn't figure out what I was think, happening there. Yeah, her skincare routine is going down the drain now that she's in the hotel room. I don't know what's going on. Ooh. Well, they've only got hotel lotion. Because she used all her good shit in the first couple nights and she was jacking off. Now she's got to use hotel lotion. Um, Up next is uh, Raja O'Hara. And I really liked this. I thought this was like goth realness, if that makes sense. Yeah, this was was the the elevated, like, 20-something-year-old woman that's, like, mysterious and dark. But it's yeah. not, but it's not like overtly satanic. Like, yeah, I thought this was the Saks Fifth Avenue goth, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, but this wasn't the goth. Of the girl, but this wasn't the goth of the girls that you and I spent time with, Isaac. You know, this isn't the, no, absolutely uh, not. This isn't hot topic, and this isn't you know, you know, uh, Spencer's gifts. This is this is elevated, and I'm you know, she made it, which is stunting. Uh, yes. Yeah. It was, it was the one piece that stood out on the runway for not being, like, the typical interpretation of, like, scary goth. Um, this, was, this was the girl that was modeling the makeup palette that was themed after gothic stuff. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, ooky, ooky spooky. But, like, she's not even wearing all black. No. And well, she, goth doesn't I, have to be all black. It doesn't, doesn't be. but it's like, like, it was a... I liked this, but this was just like it it wasn't taken to an nth degree that I wanted it to be taken to. Although I, I really have to commend her because we know that she spent less than six hundred dollars to make this entire package and she made basically everything that we saw. The bitch can make corsets. Yeah, and corsets. And she got it off of her body, right? She took it off of her body. She's not relying on the body. She had some type of structure in there to lifted off of her breast mm-hmm. and it just was it looked so expensive mm-hmm. but i think you I know think, go ahead i just think what was missing if maybe she sold the walk to be a little more like of the energy you know if she had more of the energy of the fuck this i don't even need to be here like you know tough bitch that goth girls are uh i think maybe it would have sold a little more but she came down there like smiling happy i love to be here i love this show i love my life which i love her but you know in a way she could have had an opportunity to play a character you know yeah she she seems like she's like the goth mom that like has the goth kids and she like just dropped them off at the Sarah's place before she goes to like the goth gala and this is what she's wearing black tesla yes 
Yes. I, and Adriana, you know how I feel about boob cups on a dress that move back and forth, but these are correct because they're folded back a bit. So they land on the shoulder slightly. They're not just like sticking out in front and clearly empty. This is how you do it. If anybody's listening and needs advice on fashion from somebody that doesn't do anything fashion wise, this is how you do boob cups. Yeah, uh, this, this, I just, Adriana, go, go, go. I've talked too much. Eh, I don't even think this is like that. Perfectly not, fine. Perfectly it's not, fine. It's not Perfectly spectacular. Fine. But the fact that she made it, the fact that it looks different, the hair, the way that she was selling it, the, and I love, I love Raja in pants. She is the pants queen. Pants on the runway. Raja O'Hara is the queen of pants. Um, I'm, I'm getting, dare I say, the same silhouette, and I'm getting, dare I say, bored. Well, she'll switch it up next week. She always Hopefully. does. Hopefully. Yeah, I well, just think I'm standing I mean, out. I just have to call out though that this is the set. This is one of several times now where we've seen that same neckline, and one of several times where we've seen purple hair, and one of several times where we've seen pants from her. I'm I don't know if this was purple hair. I think it was just like, so, like you know how some of those blacks hair. No, it was turn. in the workroom when they were in Untucked. It had a hint of purple. Mm. I think you know sometimes you can get wigs that like they're supposed to be black, but then they turn out to be like blue, and they just got those. Like, I think it was one of those cases. I don't, I don't know if it was intentional. I think, too, there, though, we've seen queens, like, do really well on this show with consistency with things like that because they know how to shit wear their body well. It's like when RuPaul talks about when he and Zaldi, like, design the dresses and they pull the, you know, the dress line up over the shoulders to, you know, shrink the shoulders and feminize, whatever. I think that's RuPaul seeing, oh, this person knows their body, so I don't even mind if it was the same you know, neckline, and she looked like shit, I'd have a problem, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, she knows her body, so she knows her shape, but I'm just like, I have to call it out even when it's on something that... Because I, I, that's one of my big pet peeves with Drag Race, is that, like, if you are not really, like, changing it up, at least, or, like, giving us different outfits, it's kind of just like, so what are we doing here? Like, yeah. I, can, I can now predict fairly accurately what Raja is going to wear on a runway. That's fair. And I don't like that. And I don't like that. So anyway, moving on. Up next is Akaria. And this, I felt, was a little like... Like where Raja's was like, went more towards the realness of goth. I feel like this went more towards the drag. And like over-embellishment and like costumey, if that makes sense. What the fuck does shiny uh, uh, black... Uh, vinyl, whatever, like, what does that have to do with goth? Like, why is it, like, this, like, like, nothing about this seemed gothic, and she had a damn tombstone on her head. It just felt very Atlanta to me. I don't know. I wasn't into it. It was like, oh, I'm a, uh, I'm a, a pageant queen who had a challenge to wear goth, and so I decided to put all the things that sparkle <laughs> And and, then, yeah. and not and not even commit to like a concept, just like anything black and sparkly. Put it on a dress, <laughs> like I'm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm the, gonna fo- be, the gonna focus was on the cross, um, and like the re- religious iconography is part of the gothic style. Um, but to like put glitter on it, <laughs> I don't know. If that's well. Al- well, also at the same time, like yet again. A curious headpieces are what's going to be stealing the show and what kind of like makes it like so spectacular. And it's like Akira, like these outfits aren't really that great. Like 
Oh, but you know what she could have done? Oh, this is bad. This is Sissy Walken doing this, though. This would have been, if I came out there with a fucking cross in my hand for a gothic look, I would have put some, like, a little bit of fake blood on the backside of it, and I would have, like, done the cross on my head, and it would have, like, bled on my head. You know, like, that's where you take it, that's where you take it up. You want to go religious iconography, baby? Go. But this didn't go. Yeah, this was, this was fine. It was fine at best. I thought um, this was, I thought this missed the mark. I thought others did worse. Um, like, I, like, it, I could tell what the category was when I looked at her, but I, I wasn't, like, super impressed. Like, I'm impressed that she wore that thing. I'm impressed that, like, it looked really fucking heavy. Um, but beyond that, it didn't, it, I didn't, like, live. No, it got worse. Okay. <laughs> anyway. All right, Violet. Next up is Jan. I... I'll go I... first. So I... <laughs> what really yeah, kind right. of, like, didn't... It, like, it had a lot of pieces that screamed gothic. It had those stupid penis bump uh, Queen Amidala hair with all, like, the... Th- like. Like, with all the waves and the structure built into it, it had the contacts, it had the pentagram, it had the the cagey sort of shoulder pads that Aja wore for her season nine uh, big hair runway. Um, it had a, a black-ish sparkly bodysuit underneath it. Um, but none of it went together. And it all just screamed, oh, gothic, I'll grab this, and then this, and then this, and then this. And it's like, take one thing off. She also has a little coffin backpack on. I don't know if you saw I mean, that. That I, that I didn't mind. That I didn't mind. I was just like... Eh. But what, like, but it's what like, was with the contact? What was with the contact uh, or, the, or the lash? It was to part? show that... It was to show that she has contacts and she knows how to put them in. No, but no, but really, she didn't. No, she didn't because something, something was wrong with one of those contacts. It was not sitting in her eye right and it made her right eye look crooked. And I was like, girl, what the fuck is going on here? Is that what was wrong? I was I was trying to figure out what about the face I didn't like. Something was up, and I was like, "Yikes! This is ugly. This is well, well." I've seen. Well, the thing is, is that like I've seen we've seen her do this for like the press for season twelve, like this exact face with this exact hair and the exact color contacts or lack of color contacts, and it just like it screams of showboating. And I'm just like, okay, great, cool. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't a big fan. Um, it read more like it read more undead than gothic to me, uh, and it was and it what like like what Adriana already said. It was a lot of like throwing a bunch of shit together, and instead of seeing what sticks, it all stuck, and she didn't unstick anything. Yeah, I I agree with that. And it was another one of those like there's no through line with what Jen's gonna wear on the runway. She's the complete opposite of Raja, where it's like. You don't know what she's going to wear. But you know it's going to wear her. And it will always look like it was made for somebody else. And that she borrowed Mm it. But I think this is another example of, like, Jan letting a garment, like, swallow her whole. And then, and I don't want to swallow her whole, but, you know, (laughs) I I think there's a... There's a... A problem I see when when she says, I do scary better than all these other girls. And I'm like, what, really? Is that what you do? 
quickly, quickly. I preferred her um, her dress that she got sent home in uh, season twelve to this. I felt like that would have fit the gothic. Uh, I'm sure New York this, this this one. I'm sure New York designer made this, and I'm sure it cost her a lot of money, and it was a lot of materials, and it was during the pandemic that this was all getting made, right? Like they filmed this August September of 2020. Sure, of- but if you're going to spend a lot of money, make sure that the end product is going to be good. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. They like I see this with a lot of girls of that status in this city. Like they spend a shit ton of money on these garments, and it's just like none, not all the pieces work, and it swallows them whole and it's too much and it's too vibrant and i actually don't want to look at this outfit yeah i don't want to look at this next oh up next is kylie sonique love who's just like sex goth this was the only outfit that i think even remotely went in the gothic realm and i'll tell you why and it's not for a good reason it's because this reminds me of rose mcgowan uh, when she dated Marilyn Manson and wore that string uh, dress to what? What? What was it? What red carpet was it? Where it was completely see through. Oh, gosh. You know what I'm talking about? I do not. But go off. You've never seen this. Hold on. Hold on. This went from when she dated Marilyn Manson, and she wore this. Okay. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. I'm a woman in the first picture laughing in the background. <laughs> yeah. Like, realistically, like, it's something that, like, I liked the red detailing on the zippers. Also, I have liked... we talked about how Marilyn Manson and Marty Gold come into the same face? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just zoomed in. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Manson? No. Not <laughs> Not this. Marilyn Gold Manson. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. The oh, sniper dots coming back on my forehead. Anyway. And I, and I can say it because I voted for her. I voted for <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. So, oh, my God. Kylie, I like this outfit <laughs> on her. I think that it's a good take on it because, like, like it, it reads very, like, sex cult, demon, succubus, whatever. I like the hair. Um, I like that there's like a little, it, there's a little pop of color on it with the zippers. Um, and I think it's a, it's a, a fun outfit. I don't know if I like the little hair twist things. Oh, really? The poison they ivies? Like, they look like bug antenna. Yeah. What I do I mean, love is the crotch hanging by the pussy. Actually, kind of. <laughs> not the crotch, the, the, um. Voicing? Not the not the crotch, the cross hanging by the pussy. Oh, uh, what were you saying, sissy? It kind of does remind me of a bug, like those caterpillars. The the when you touch them, they like grow the big orange horns out of their head, like with the black. Yeah. Like, mm. I'm looking at the Instagram picture she posted, and like they definitely like either she put white makeup on her body, or it's a Photoshop work, but it's like her body's in black and white. Um and uh, yeah, I kind of it's really cool. I. Thought she looked so sexy. My favorite part was when she turned on the runway and they had to put just the smallest little sensor bar right at her crotch. I was like, oop, oop, peep. Uh, and there was another little peep moment too because then I was like, I have to, I, I'm like, oh my God, this stuck. Like, is this about to burst? And that is why they put that sensor bar there. I don't even know if she's had her, I don't know if she's had her final surgery, but I was like, 
what is oh okay the sensor bar like threw me off the whole time i don't know why but it really did i was just like now i'm half i'm now i'm stuck looking there i didn't like Ugh. kylie spent this entire episode like personally attacking the sensor bar and i loved it like yeah, everything she did she's like is it gonna pop out or not we'll find out here i go bitch and i yeah. i'm always here for kylie showing body um i thought this was a drag take on goth and i i i, I loved it I thought it was great. She really did eat this runway. She really did. Um, and up next is Pandora Box. And this 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 was a toot for me. This was the best that Pandora's looked this season, I think. I'm so sad this look didn't get to get critiqued. This was... Actually, I changed my mind. This, Yeah, Pandora's was definitely so amazing. Maybe my favorite because of how like spot on it was it was the time it was the gothic time period you know what i mean she went all the way there right it was full victorian like haunted like house ghost of a widow whose husband like killed her uh and her lover sort of it it was giving me all of that and it looked expensive the makeup was great she sold it this was my top two of the week it reminded me of the Death Becomes Her exhibit at the Met a few years ago. I don't know if y'all saw that. Yeah. Yeah, it was like the series of morning wear from the Victorian and Edwardian periods. Um, and I just, it was so informed and so researched and so proper, right? Like some of the critiques we're seeing is like the editing was wrong and the choices, but this was really just spot on perfect. Mm-hmm. Adriana's quiet, so she probably disagrees. Let's find out. Oh, yeah. I, th- I noticed that, realistically, I didn't really, like... This was great. I think that this was something that, like, really... Like, I really am sad that she didn't get critiqued in this, because I thought this was a great outfit. I will say it read a little Bride Wears Black and not necessarily gothic. But I only say that because I know that on season 12 they had a runway that was Bride Wears Black, which was different than gothic. This is not a bride look, though, for me, because it, because of the way the headpiece is working. It's not saying bride to me. It's saying more Victorian Gothic. Like, that, like the square is what's doing it for me. If it had just been a regular veil, I, can, I absolutely see where you're coming from. But the way that yeah. it's like a part, like it's a headpiece, not just mm-hmm. a veil. This, it's, mm-hmm. this is like spot on 100%. She did her homework on this one. Uh, and I say this one because they haven't all been great this season, Pandora. Uh, but it's nice to see Pandora get a fashion win for once, you know? Yeah, of course. Okay, so, um, is that everyone? That's everyone, so... That's it. My top two is Pandora, as I said. My top two is Pandora as well. I think there's very slim pickings on this runway, though. Yeah, I'll give it to Pandora as well because of just how perfect it was though i really am proud of trinity for just again another all-star look yeah and the worst look for me this week uh eureka i'm gonna say ginger honestly none of these looks were great except for kylie and pandora i said it moving on wow all right, so we get to uh, the safe girls, and it's Pandora and Trinity. 
I think they're safe because Pandora, like, she missed the she she missed the Balenciaga moment. No, oh, she didn't. And to me, it was a miss. It to me, it was bigger. The death could have been bigger. It just was too small. She definitely could have overacted that moment more. Maybe they did in another take and they gave her a bad edit, but. I thought that part missed the mark, but the Joan Crawford was excellent, and that's what. If you right, if you see, if you've seen American Horror Story Coven, the scene where Myrtle Snow is getting burned, the way she like screams, guttural howl of Balenciaga, and then she's just screaming when she's burning, and Pandora was kind of just like, oh, oh. like, yeah. and then the CGI flames did not help. At all. Yeah. Oh God! Like, like, what fucking um, Cartoon Network guy did they have come in and do that? Because that was that was dismal. There was better. And- uh, like, uh, we're not we're not even going to talk about like the entire challenge because as a whole, it lasted fifteen minutes too long, and oh. none of it was funny. So we'll just talk I about think- specific moments that stood out. I think to go back to Sissy talking about like the ending of this, it was so like it was so Ryan Murphy because it was so rushed, had nothing to do with the plot, and it was just a cut to commercial where it's just like American Horror Story. Like, I think one thing that I did like was that they played with the aspect ratio and the um and like the fisheye lens and all that stuff on the camera. That was cool. Uh, I don't know why I got confused by it, and honestly. Well, no, because they do that on American. They did that on Coven. Sure, but they're probably mm, different cameras. It didn't give the same effect. It actually made me think my MacBook was doing something weird. <laughs> I I liked it. I liked it. And if but... we're doing if we're doing all Ryan Murphy, then why is Rue doing a Soul Train host cameo? Spot? It was- he was doing. I think it was meant to be Billy Porter in pose. Yes. <sighs> That's what it was giving me. It was giving me like a random pose reference, but I'm like, why did no one do? Why was there no Electra? Why was there no like her power was like she will read you, but like she pauses to take uh, take a gulp of water. Like where was that? No, just makes me think also that there must be something with Rue and Billy because Billy will never be on that show as a judge. I think. Yeah, who's Billy? I just I'm I'm nervous because I feel Billy Porter. Who's Billy? Billy Porter. Oh, I thought you were trying to say Ryan Murphy. I was like, who's Billy? No, Billy, <laughs> Billy who's who? Billy Porter. He's an Oscar away from egotting. You know, I I know who you're That's talking four about. Four more like, than I was you, so <laughs> I was so focused on the Ryan Murphy aspect that I was like, wait, who do you mean by Billy? My mind went to Billy B, and I was just like, Billy B, what is he asking about no, this? No, no, no. Well, he destroyed <laughs> Ruth. Um, so, uh, yeah, Pandora and Trinity are safe. I, I, I thought that, yeah, yes. I thought that Pandora missed the mark with um, Myrtle Snow, uh, did better with Joan Crawford, and that Trinity was just like, didn't like make a big impact, good or bad. Frances so Connolly. Her name is Frances Connolly. Yes, yes. I knew it was a C, um, and some kind of Annalie. Um, so everybody else on the stage uh, is uh, tops and bottoms. Ginger gets a lot of love from the judges as uh, for her strong physical comedy, knowing when to steal the scene, um, and Emma 
uh, said that she like really saw herself in Ginger because she was playing Emma's character. Ginger is a good actress. She is, yeah. and the problem yeah. that's where she that's that's why she's so good at Drag Race because Drag Race is all acting challenges. Um, we also kind of get Eureka's first not so great critiques. I don't know. It was very confusing because it was like she was safe, but she was bottom, but she wasn't. I don't know. Um, it was very much like a hey, this wasn't your week. Uh, step it up. Um, then the rest of the girls kind of just are middle of the road there. It's very clear that they love Kylie and how she and kind Eureka. of just... And Eureka, there's... I don't understand why she was not in the bottom. This was not a critique that said you're in the top, you know? It wasn't saying that she was in the top. It was saying she was, like, the last person called safe. They just put her with everyone else. That's you how know, I that's, But why did Rue make her safe unless they're trying to keep her to the end, you know? It just is, like... It seems very unfair to the rest of the girls when Eureka kind of feels like she's playing it safe this whole time. I disagree. On, I on, think... the, on the wiki, it says that Eureka was low placing. Yeah, that's what I read it as, and they just they just lumped her in with the other girls as well when they were calling her safe. Michelle said that she was one note in her performance, and uh, that she can do better and expects mm. better. Mm. And like the thing, the th- there's a complicated. I'll say my take on the Eureka business because there's not really a reason why a girl like Eureka should be brought back twice. And the thing is she could sue the show for injuring her if she wanted to. And so because of what happened with the cheerleading challenge on her first season. I don't know about that. I think there's something in the contract that says something about that. I'm sure there is now. And that's also why they don't do physical lifting stuff anymore. But But they are are liable for contestant safety on the show. They are. Oh, that's true. You're, you've worked in TV, you know. It's. I, I just think she probably signed some type of document waiving her rights because of that mega monster over there. But the thing is, they're always going to treat Eureka extra nice, just in case she decides, like, you know what, I do want to make, I do want some settlement money. So that's why she keeps getting brought back. That's why she always gets like good critiques because they don't want to deal with the the Eureka lawsuit that could happen. I mean- that's I mean, my take, and yeah. it's probably wrong, but that's my I was, feeling. I was gonna, I was gonna say, I think we're also kind of discrediting Eureka when we when we're saying that because, like, she is incredibly talented. She does make a lot of her outfits. She's she has a vision and she has a presence on stage that is undeniable. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't. But so I don't do think... a lot of other girls that haven't been brought back twice. Yes. Um, but I just, I, I think that, like... She probably is also good to work with, and that's probably why producers brought her back. They probably don't mind having her on set. She probably brings, yes. like, some type of joy to them. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. thinking about it, like, why hasn't Miss Fame come back? Because she probably was a nightmare. Oh, they, Miss Fame has said no. Oh. Miss uh, Fame has said no several times. Um, uh, I mean, like, I, like... I don't know. I don't think that there's a favoritism this season for Eureka. I think that maybe there was on season 10, but I see. I honestly think that Eureka is just kind of like doing whatever. And, and if the edit, really is to, 
if the promo is to be believed, she might be in trouble next week because she's one of the two girls that has not won a challenge yet. Either way, the well, that's spoiling because they announced that Kylie wins the challenge. I, congratulations. I thought she she looked the part. It was like, I'm sitting here watching this. I was like, I could buy this. I'll buy this. Um, I think that it was it was a very best of the of the worst sort of challenge. Yeah. Um, I don't Ak- really. I mean, like, yeah. Akira and Raja are the bottom two. Raja, um, the 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 critique she gets is that she doesn't take direction well. When really, what happened was she made a choice for her character, and she wanted to stick with that choice, and the directors didn't want her to. And so it became like a an ego thing for them. Mm. I like I get that it wasn't a great choice. I wish they would have said that rather than you should have listened to us. Why didn't you listen to us? Like that's not the point. These girls mm. are coming on the show to do what they think is going to get them to the top. And they can you can give as much advice as you want, but it's up to them what they want to do with it. And you can't make it a, like, oh, you didn't listen to us, so we're going to put you in the bottom. What you can do is uh, your choice didn't work, so we're going to put you in the bottom. So the, the critique bothered me in that sense. Mm. And I also just hate Ross Matthews. I just hate that man so much. I can't stand yeah. anything that he ever says on this fucking show. Um, so we get a lot of parallels to when Raja was limited on season 11 because it was also against Akira in the bottom. And she's very distraught. Yeah, we forgot to say Akira is also in the bottom because her uh, character wasn't bitchy and deadpan enough to really pop the way it needed to. So it just came off the splat. Yeah. How are you? Which I agree with. Can I ask Trenta a question? How, Adriana, are you not seeing that the favoritism is on Eureka? Because to me, this totally feels like a producer setup of this this storyline. Oh my God. I know it feels like a storyline of like, oh, you know, now these two girls are in the bottom again and they were in the bottom last time. And so now it's going to elicit these emotions and it's totally them playing their hand at like creating some type of narrative to make the editing easy. Because I got to edit four series at a time now, you know, like... I'm like over here, like Eureka should have been in the bottom. And the only reason why she wasn't is because they love her so much. Well, Akira has been in the bottom several times before and has already kind of demonstrated that she, her personality doesn't pop her headpieces do. But there and- have been three girls in the bottom. There was last week. And there were four the week before that. And also I've- remember, and also remember, uh, the um, Super Bowl challenge where Eureka placed high when she absolutely should have been in the bottom. Oh, oh my God, God, guys. I don't think that there is favoritism for Eureka. I don't think that she... Favoritism would be her winning a challenge when she didn't deserve to win. Favoritism would be her them ignoring parts of her performance in favor of, uh, in favor of criti- uh, saying things that are out of left field and giving those negative critiques to other people who don't deserve to go home. So the Super Bowl challenge. Let's see, because exactly. I have a prediction. I have a prediction for next week about this whole they haven't won a challenge thing yet. Because if they really do love Eureka, and you can mark my word, and you can advertise this episode with it. If Eureka wins next week, and Pandora is in the bottom next week, because these are the two girls who our eye is supposed to be on, it is fucking favoritism. They've been waiting for this moment to give Eureka a win. They're doing it. They're doing it. Well, we're cutting this out, so pause.
No, don't say any spoilers. I don't know anything. Okay, fine, then. I don't know anything. Please don't spoil. I don't know anything. I've been doing good too this well, year. Well, if you don't want to be spoiled, shut up! No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I I don't really think that there is favoritism. I, like, I think that we'll know in retrospect when we go back and look at this season after it's done, but I don't think that there is a favoritism for Eureka. We'll find out. Um, yeah. and that's what you missed on Glee. Uh, so Kylie <laughs> wins the challenge, um, and it's very much like a okay, great. You know, can we do we think that Kylie gave a winning performance? Yeah, I think she looked. I think she was actually like the one who felt most like tributing one of the actresses from the show. See, I will say, I feel like Jan gave a stronger Leah, but I feel like Kylie overall this week was stronger. Like, I how Trinity like... Lost, like how Trinity lost the Super Bowl challenge as Beyonce with her runway. I feel like Jan lost this challenge with the runway. They didn't critique her runway, though, is the thing. And they did critique Trinity as being a little too safe. My thinking on this, here's my theory, is that there were three tops Ginger, Jan, and Kylie. And I think out of them, personally, I think that Kylie was like third place in terms of what she brought as a character. Like, yes, I could hear in the accent that it was supposed to be Jessica Lang, but I don't think that she reached the level of energy that she needed to for the role. I thought that Jan was the best performer and then Ginger, but I don't think they wanted to give it to Jan because they didn't want another boring lip sync. And I don't think they wanted to give it to Ginger because she just won $30,000 last week and that would show extreme favoritism. So on they gave it to Kylie was, instead. On an outfit that was bad. Yes. I, I so think, they gave it to Kylie instead. I think... And like, I'm not mad at that, but I don't. I just don't think that they gave it to her because she did the best. I'm glad you said Jan first. It was the best performance because I think Jan did both things that uh, Kylie and Ginger did individually ginger really played like the overacting part of it and what the challenge itself was and kylie played the description of the challenge which is the tribute to these actresses and i think jan really did both of those right she was that annoying leah michelle uh who you know whatever and uh and she also like over oh went so big 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 you know and it worked so i think that makes sense why you would put jan first yeah, you hear that, everybody? We said something nice about Jen on the we, podcast. We did. So <laughs> we really did that today. Baby Green Room 42 will allow me to go do a show there now. Yeah, timestamp it here because it's the only time it's going to happen. All right. <laughs> I didn't say it. So anyway. Um, <laughs> <That's true>. the... <laughs> so, you didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Kylie wins and the girls have deliberated their voting, whatever. Um, and out comes... Wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Before, before we even get to that, we need to talk about what goes on when they're saying, when, when they're pitching their pitches. Uh-huh. For one thing, I love Raja's emotional glow-up. I fucking love how unflappable she is, because if season 11 Raja, if season 11 Raja was in the bottom, it would have been fireworks, it would have been messy, it would have been, well, this bit should have been at the bottom, not me. And like that energy, but instead she's totally calm. She's like, 
listen, y'all, I have the best track record and I really want to be here and it's really important. And then she gives the emotion and cries. Like she's doing the damn thing the way it's supposed to be done. Akira, on the other hand, the second she's like, I'm okay with what I've done and like, I'm happy. And like, basically saying like, it's fine. Send me home. I was so disappointed. Everyone was really like, like, I feel like Raja was even crying because she was like, I know you're going to send Akira home. I know you guys aren't going to send me home. Like, it has, like, this has nothing to do with me. I'm just like, if you're there and you, like, if there's a chance that you can stay, you fight for that chance. You don't just, like, throw in the towel, you know? Especially knowing, what well, we know that there's a game within a game. So I don't, I'm not really particularly rooting for a queen that's like, I'm done. It's fine. I'm happy with what I did. I'll go home. Like, I don't want that queen to come back now. I, I, love just, a, I, I love Akira, I and you know how much I love Akira. I, I, I agree. I just and that's the thing. <laughs> is I really wanted more from Akira this season, and I feel like she came in at half full, you know? Um, I think, I, I think she, she didn't let things defeat her. I think she just, like, didn't give her all because she was... I think, I think if she had given her all, then she would have been defeated. But I think she, like didn't give everything, and so she was fine when it didn't work out. I think there's also probably, and not to assume anything of her life, but it's like 2020. You know, it's a pandemic year. Like, anything that these girls are going through emotionally, like, we don't know about their stories, we don't know about their families, this is before the vaccine, you know, there's there's still a lot of fear of, of the virus, and I'm sure I would struggle being on a show, filming a reality TV show in 2020, where during the middle of a high pandemic, I couldn't have contact with my family every week. Oh, absolutely. Like that absolutely. was, that, my grandparents who were in their 80s, I would have felt like, oh my God, oh my God, all the time. And my mind would not have been in their competition. I I'm like in drag when it was 2020. I, I think there may be some, some other like lingering time period issues. I'm legitimately surprised that we've only had one like real meltdown this season. I think it also comes from the way the girls are supporting each other, though, right? Yeah, this is RuPaul's best friend race this particular season. Everybody's getting along. There's no drama in the workroom. There's no Jan, except for Serena. Well, (laughs) Serena is in constant conflict with herself and her wigs. Um, and her pool noodles. Um, let's, damn pool noodle. A damn anyway. pool noodle. She um, doesn't flight. Uh, she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't uh, fight or flight with her pool noodles. She just packs them up and sends them away. Yep, wraps them in bundles. <laughs> so speaking of wrapping in a bundle and sending on their way, uh, Kylie kind of bodies this lip sync. Out comes uh, Manila Luzon. Um, great to see her, but, um, Assassin? She's a good lip syncer. Are you kidding? She's, she's a great lip syncer, but, like, only, like, I don't know why they picked this. Well, I know why they picked this song, because it was Kylie that was in the bottom. Or in, 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 in the, in the, in the, uh, position. But, Correct. It would have been a like, challenge if they flipped the two, if Mayhem had come on this episode and Manila went on. Oh, the- if it was Mayhem versus Kylie. Oh, this would have been a good one. Right. And imagine Ginger oh. versus Manila. That would have been sickening too. So I feel like, I, so, okay. I am glad they had at least one black girl for the Lizzo song. Can I, can yeah, I, it was, can I spill some oh, tea? Yeah. Can I spill some tea? Okay. So rumor has it. 
the lip sync between um, Candy and Tamisha was originally supposed to be dirty. They changed it. And I'm kind of glad they did because they gave it to Kylie here. But <laughs> but um, I don't know how true that is. I heard that rumor. I don't really know how true it is. But um, obviously it wasn't because, you know, they, they gave them uh, hit him up style. But I feel like on paper, this should have been a lot more impactful than it was. Like Kylie, practically naked, forming Dirty by Christina Aguilera. I, I should have been more entertained than I was. Can I ask a question? Why are there two R's in dirty? I wonder, I wonder, and I'm gonna pose this because of Christina's track record. So F-U-S-S is a song from her Back to Basics album and that stands for Fuck You, Scott Storch. And I wonder if the two R's are initials of somebody. Well, I mean, Rita we know that- <laughs> 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 oh my god oh my god oh my god wait a minute wait a minute i need a minute um <laughs> I, can, I can i can hear you coming up with uh with a number right now <laughs> out of my head get out of my head so kylie <laughs> wins the lip sync i don't think this is that exciting of a lip sync if i'm being honest um i think that she did a lot of the same moves over and over again i was a lot more excited going into it Someone spoiled I, I me. Love, that- I love the dichotomy of Sonique season two doing her flips and people being like, this isn't a flip competition, it's a lip sync competition. Cut to her doing the exact same thing 11 years later and everyone's like, you better work, bitch. Like, Drag Race has changed. It really has. I will say, I like, Manila was outnumbered because it was literally just Manila versus Kylie's two titties. And I was just <laughs> like, watch. I couldn't, I couldn't stop watching. I was like, are they going to fall out? Or that, how is she? She apparently glues them to her garments. No, but like the other thing that was really like concerned, not concerning, but I was just like from a costuming standpoint, I was like, wait a minute. So it's see-through in the in the decolletage and the cleavage, but it's it's opaque, so you can't see the nipple on the on like the actual like or the where are her nipples? She has she has pasties on. She has covers. Yeah, she has co- oh okay, that makes so much more sense. I was like so surprised. I was like, ooh. Okay, but it really worked. It really was like that was that was covered more securely than her runway. Yeah, um, yeah. Guys, are the but, nipples of the face? Bimini bamboo so, lash. I will say though, I feel like Manila gave the Alyssa Edwards All Stars lip sync, where it's like, "Girl, you gave me five hundred bucks and lunch to come here." <laughs> yeah, I think it, it was, was very... even. I think it was Manila being like, "Well, this counts as one of my appearances on my contract, so I don't need to show up for another one, right?" All right, oh, yeah. cool. Wow. Now, excuse me, I'm going to go make my own drag show. Or just ever new right now, four years from now. <laughs> we had a discussion about this. I don't think that being a lip sync assassin actually either counts or like really like kind of like, like, I mean, like, I'm sure it counts on the contract, like you have to appear, but I don't think it resets the cycle. Probably a it's, guest like, contract. it's probably a guest contract. Yeah. But, um, so Kylie wins lip sync, wins 10,000 duelas. Um, and and a seven day trip to Italy, which we did not mention. Seven yeah. day trip to Italy. Seven, well, I mean, uh, would you want that right? Would you, would you would you want that right now? <laughs> Given 
I will. It was. It was shady that they gave them a trip to Italy oh, in the middle of 2020. Right because since all of them haven't made money in two years, I know how they are. They love when Americans come. They want Americans to spend all the money. So they are like, they'll be like, "Oh, baby, come, come, come!" They give you everything, all the wine, all the coffee, all the cookies. Oh, I would love it right now. And if and if Kylie can make that happen and like do some tour dates at the same time, good for her. Guys, I'm saying that because Italy had like the most intense lockdown. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but in 2027 or 2037, when things are a little bit better, Kylie can go make some money. Yeah, 2037 when we're 70% vaccinated. Um, anyway, okay, we come back. We come back strong. Okay, we ha- we we are the we are the rock of Europe. Okay. We are the comedy queens. Anyway, um, so Literally. Kylie, Kylie sends home. Uh, who did she send home? Oh, Akira. She sends home Akira. Wow. <laughs> that was my, mind blanked, my mind blanked and I almost said Scarlet. And I was like, wait, what? Akira's <laughs> no, positivity getting sent home is so fucking admirable. It just reminds me how much I love her. She's like, give me another hug. To Raja, she like it. She's like sm- all smiles. She has some great lines about like this. Like this isn't the ending that I saw for my story, but some stories have alternate endings. And just because, mm-hmm. like, and just because your dreams don't happen the way you want them to, doesn't mean that they're not still your dreams, and that you should give up mm-hmm. on them. Like, good mm-hmm. for her for like keeping her head up through like honestly being a little bit robbed in the beginning of this and like put in the bottom when she really shouldn't have been there. Right. And we all knew after a while that this wasn't a curious season. And I think she figured it out too, but for her to uh, not be angry at the situation, to be grateful for the experience, like I like props to her. That's the kind of attitude that I like from a queen. I wish she had, I wish she had fought a bit harder when she was still in, but now that she's out, I appreciate this attitude. I wish more queens had that attitude. I wish there was more grace in the business. Mm-hmm. Speaking of grace in the business, um, I just want to say thank you to Sissy for appearing on this episode um, and and really kind of like kikiing with us. I haven't seen you in a very long time. I miss you dearly. Um, is there anything that you have coming up or like any social media or anything like that that you want to uh, take the time to plug and promote? Yeah, I just want to say I'm blessed to be tired, and I'm uh, doing a brunch every Saturday now, uh, every other Saturday in Brooklyn, if you're down in Brooklyn, and I'm doing, uh, I'm uh, part of the rota- rotating cast of Diva Royale in Midtown, which has been super fun. Wait, what? Yeah, I've been doing that for about two, three months now. For you! I used to be on the cast. Good for I, you. That's a, that's a great show. Thank you. It feels good to be back and, like, working consistently. And I it, I get to do it with my day job, which is what actually pays the rent. Um, so it, it's nice. Like, I feel like I'm feeling that the drag community didn't forget about me after the pandemic. And, and it could have, you know. Um, and I feel blessed to be tired. And uh, uh, we got the Stonewall this weekend, but this episode will probably come out after it. Um... And Isaac and I are going to be, I still haven't made a goddamn flyer. Um, maybe maybe it gets canceled at this point, but I have the time to do it. Um, we're going to do a drag box to raise money for Sylvia Rivera's place on Wednesday, the 28th. 
um, as part of my birthday fundraiser for Sylvia Rivera's place, which I can't organize anymore because of this move. So don't worry, we will do a clothing drive in because I need to do one again and I loved doing it last year and I promised I would do one every year for my birthday. So we're going to do that at some point, which by clothing drive, I mean, I literally drive around in a conversion van um, like a stalker predator and take all of your unwanted clothes and then give them to Sylvia Rivera's place. We raise money, we collect food. Um, it's, you know, that's that's what I have coming up. I'm not competing in anything. Don't, don't need to because I'm very happy with my life right now and uh, grateful that y'all asked me to come and do this because I listen to the show every week. I didn't think I needed a Drag Race recap podcast in my life and then I listened to this and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I need this. So, Aww. Um, that's the first time any of our guests have listened to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's no, not I'm, true. I'm a weekly, I'm a weekly listener. There, I have, I listen to podcasts a lot, a lot, a lot. So y'all are my regulars. So, uh, that's yeah, good so, to hear. Now, Thank you, sis. I'm gonna listen to this back again on my way home, to and from therapy, and uh, <laughs> and then it will be the whole time. And you'll have something to talk about. It'll yeah. be, it'll yeah. be two hours. It's the full commute. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, okay, well, time to wrap it up, guys. No, um, well, you know what comes next, Sensissi. Um, thanks for listening. If you can't find your wig after this episode, um, it is probably at the five-minute mark of this podcast, not the two-hour mark of this podcast. Um, you can email <laughs> us at mywigpodcast at gmail.com and follow and message us at mywigpodcast on Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to my wig on Sprout, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And please remember to rate and review us. We can't scalp you unless you rate and review. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash mywig. It helps keep the podcast going. It helps to sort of just, you know, put a little bit of money under my wig. And also, you can hear some exclusive little tidbits that we've censored out of this episode because I do not want to get canceled on a public forum. Um, you can you can message me and follow me on Instagram at it's trentabitch because what? It is trentabitch. And me at everyone's favorite Isaac, because I'm everyone's favorite Isaac. Until next time, wig, wig out, bitch! bitch. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go find out if Marilyn Manson and Marty Gold Cummings have ever been in the same room together. Has anyone seen them in the same room together? No? I think I cracked the code. <laughs> <laughs>